Chapter 4 Yue surfaced in a dark and enclosed space. She coughed and sputtered, trying not to breathe through her nose as she gasped for air. Even air this foul was welcome after swimming through that muck. She had started to worry that they wouldn't make it when there had been a sudden push behind her. It had catapulted her along at a speed greater than she could swim. Having the Avatar as an ally was a blessing. If she got out of this, she was definitely lighting a candle to the spirits and thanks. She could hear Aang and Zuko panting for air as they treaded water in the tank. They had made it safely as well. Yue struggled to get her bearing, despite the darkness. The splashes all three made echoed strangely off the tank walls. "'Go to the edges,' gasped Zuko. "'Find the ladder.' Yue kicked her away in a random direction and bumped into something solid. Slimy metal greeted her probing fingertips. She struggled to keep the wall to her right as she swam beside it, hand out checking for rungs. She struck the raised bar after a few painful minutes of searching. Her arms and legs ached from the swim, and the air in the tank was breathable only in comparison to the muck below. She gripped the rung hard and shouted for the others as she climbed. When there were no more rungs above her, Yue stopped and reached one hand out to feel for an opening. Her fingers touched the ceiling and traced out the outlines of a hatch. Bracing herself, she pushed and pushed. "'What's the holdup?' Zuko shouted from below her. "'The hatch is stuck!' Yue yelled back down at him. "'Let me try!' Aang called up at her. There was a brief struggle as she figured out how to climb down for him to climb up. Zuko demanded to know what Aang thought he could do, and then cursed when he used his head as a step. Yue had a good idea of what Aang had in mind. There was a rushing sound above her, followed by a glimmer of dim light above. The three of them clambered out of the tank and collapsed on top of it. They were now in a room filled with similar tanks. Above the tanks hung a catwalk, ladders hanging down from its side to allow a person to move from tank to catwalk to tank. Fortunately, it appeared to be deserted. Zuko groaned, staggered to his feet, and went off to investigate something mechanical hanging on the wall. "'So where to next?' said Aang, leaping to his feet with depressing alertness. He yelped as a sudden gush of seawater knocked him over. Zuko was holding a hose and smirking. Bilge pump, he explained as Aang sat up, sputtering. They use them in here to hose down the docks. It smells like dead fish. Trust me, said Yue. Dead fish is definitely an improvement. Zuko proffered the hose and then raised an eyebrow at him. He glared back until he finally gave up and turned back to the pump, working the handle to refill the reservoir. He muttered something that sounded very rude. Yue decided to ignore him. "'How did you get on board in the first place?' she asked Aang. She heard a snort from Zuko and raised a hand just in time to avoid getting a spurt of brine in her eyes. She gave Zuko her most royal, disparaging look before turning back to Aang, who had begun to speak. "'I just climbed aboard at Suzaku.' he answered. I heard that Zhao guy say you were here, and I knew I had to do something. His voice grew more serious. Zuko and I saw your ship get taken before. I'm sorry I didn't do anything then. Your people deserved better. Yue swallowed. In the midst of all her other worries, she hadn't taken the time to mourn Captain Yoshi and the others. Lin Hua's eldest had just turned ten, one more motherless child to place at the Fire Nation's feet. When the time came, she would have her justice for them, but that would never happen if she could not complete this escape. So we were in the harbor, she clarified, and you two just snuck on board? Basically, though Zuko took some convincing. 
He jumped as another jet of water struck him, flailing and holding tightly onto his hat. "'Color me surprised,' Yue said, pulling her over tunic over her head and wringing it out. "'Why exactly are you here, Prince Zuko? My reports never indicated that you had any interest in the rebellion.' "'I don't. But the kid ran off and he wouldn't listen to reason, and—' Zuko trailed off. "'You could at least try to look ashamed, Aang. I had to leave my uncle alone with Brock's men to run after you.' His uncle, General Iroh, the other errant Fire Nation royal— Yue's sources spoke both better and worse of him. Twenty years ago, he was the one they had feared as the heir apparent, a military genius who proved to be the first real threat to Ba Sing Se in a hundred years. But when he hadn't inherited, he dropped out of sight, only to reappear and accompany his nephew into exile for an unknown crime. Master Paku had even told her once that Iroh could prove himself an ally, some day. "'Anyways, we're at sea now,' said Zuko." He gestured at Yue with the hose, and she braced herself for another dowsing. She did notice, however, that the stream was marginally less powerful than the one he kept turning on Aang, although given how dirty she was, she didn't know if this was a good thing or a bad thing. I can feel it. Aang sighed. Guess that means no running out the nearest porthole. It means that this is all going to be for nothing. Even if we manage to reach the deck and steal a landing craft, Azula will still catch us. We've got nowhere to go. Aren't you the optimist? Zuko sneered at her in response. He thought their cause was hopeless. He didn't know Aang was the Avatar, and Aang clearly meant to keep it that way. And he was still here. Yue didn't understand him. She considered their options as Zuko handed Aang the hose and explained the pump to him. In theory, they could try to survive an epic game of cat and mouse gecko until the exterminator docked again. But that was a fool's plan. If she was going to die on this ship, she wanted to take a chunk of it with her. Could we sabotage the ship? Ooh, then they can't follow when we escape, Aang chimed in. He was enthusiastically pumping the handle for far longer than Zuko had been doing. Zuko looked from her to Aang and back again. You want to sneak into the engine room, sabotage it, sneak out, and steal a landing craft, which we managed to pilot away without being blown out of the water? That's a great plan, chirped Aang. Let's do that. He slammed his head into his palms and growled, glancing sideways to glare at Aang. Yue hid a smile behind one hand. Already she could tell how this would end. He was going to grouse about the insanity, then grudgingly tell them what they needed to do. It was a pity her people hadn't cultivated more contacts with disillusioned Fire Nation citizens. They had the most useful information. You're crazy. This is never going to work. So, where do we go next? Well, there should be a maintenance hash by the starboard bulkhead. Ah! It took several minutes before Yue and Aang were able to stop laughing and unwind the hose to lower it down between the tanks. But the image of Zuko getting hit in the face with a dead fish while being blasted over the side by a supercharged stream of water was one Yue would definitely be cherishing for a long time. Azula marched down the cell corridor. The walls were covered in scorch marks of prolonged firelight, yet there were no bodies of the intruders to greet her. Beside her, the warden on duty rattled off his excuses and apologies. He'd acted according to procedure. They'd gotten the intruders pinned down. Everything had been going to plan until the entire security force had been blown backwards by some kind of mysterious explosion. By the time they came to, the intruders had disappeared into the locked interrogation room that was just now being pried open. 
But instead of three traders cowering in the corner, they found nothing, except for an open sewer drain and the pile of armor beside it. Azula turned to the warden. I want you to find where this leads, and send a team of the finest troops we have to apprehend the intruders. And I want you to lead them there, because I am not happy right now. And if you do not succeed in changing that, you will discover how very unhappy I can be. Understood? The warden bowed. He was practically prostrate before her. Of course, my lord. We'll have them caught in no time. People keep telling me that, and it's not happening. Fix this. He rushed out. Azula gestured to one of his underlings who remained. His armor was still slightly charred from the earlier fight. As for you, jump down there and see where it goes. But, my lord, that could be suicide. Well then, you'll find the bodies, won't you? Azula snapped her fingers at him. Do it. He bowed and stripped his armor to follow. He hovered a moment above the hole, then plunged in. Azula watched him go with distaste. She doubted that Zuko had done something as useful as drown. He'd never been so accommodating so far. Who was his companion, the unknown boy? And how, exactly, had they taken out her entire security force all at once? There was no sign of an explosion of that magnitude. And if she wasn't powerful enough to bring down twenty guards in one fell swoop, Zuko could hardly be expected to do the same. The situation was moving from inconvenient to outright problematic, and she still hadn't eaten breakfast. Crawling through maintenance tunnels while still damp from baths in both ocean and sewage was... unpleasant. Not that Yue was complaining. She'd rather crawl through a hundred metal shafts, wet robes chafing at her knees and elbows, than remain in her cell awaiting tortures unknown. In front of her crawled Zuko, sometimes moving at a confident pace she struggled to match, though at every other juncture he would slow down before deciding which turn to make. Yue had to give the exiled prince credit. Despite how obvious it was he was straining his decades-old memories, once a choice was made, there was no hesitation in his motion. It was not unlike his commitment to her rescue and their subsequent escape. Now that he was here, he would do everything in his power to ensure success. And so they crept along in silence. Outside of the usual creaks and cranks of a ship at sea, they'd heard very little sound beyond them, but now there was no mistaking the murmur of voices that echoed against the walls. Admiral... Report. Pirates. Zuko stiffened and brought their parade to a halt. The last turning had been some distance back, and the only way was forward. Yue swallowed and tried not to breathe too loudly. Idiot! Require. I. That voice. Yue's fingers curled into fists, scraping against the metal. She'd know that voice anywhere. On the other side of that wall was Zhao himself. She glared into the darkness, as if she could pierce through the barriers and strike the murderer through will alone. "'Well, can it be done?' rumbled Zhao, his urgent growl carrying through the walls. There was a pause, and then some quiet mutterings from the other speaker. "'Speak up, Ling!' "'It could be done, sir, but there are no guarantees.' There was a faint nasal whine to the speaker's voice that grated on Yue's ears. As the other man started to explain— something about the risks of planted explosives. Zuko began to crawl forward once more, the man's meandering speech offering cover to their movements. Yue gritted her teeth and followed after, ang at her heels. She wanted nothing more than to kill the scum, but as long as a wall remained between them, forward she would go. She'd show Zhao the true risks of planted explosives. 
You must understand, continued Ling, the exterminator is much more formidable than the last ship those men destroyed for you. With the moon dead and rebels everywhere, security is much tighter. I know this, snarled Zhao. The Fire Lord is far more paranoid than her idiotic brother. That's why there must be no chance of mistake. It was only the ship last time. Once again, Zuko brought them to a halt. Aang crashed into Yue with a quiet, oof. They all froze. Sir, this is why. Silence! Yue tensed. Was he ordering his agent silence because he didn't want to be denied, or because he'd heard them? She raised her hand to where the boomerang hung from her belt and readied the draw. If a fight was what Zhao wanted, she would deliver it in kind. The silence stretched on. Admiral, I said silence, he hissed. There are pigeon rats in these walls. It's a ship. Of course there are pigeon rats. Sir, sir. That was the only warning they had before the shaft in front of her exploded with a scream of metal. Not waiting for a second blast, she hurled herself over the jagged red-hot edges and launched her boomerang. It missed Zhao, but struck the weasel on the head on its return. He crashed to the ground, stunned, as Yue rolled into a halt in front of Zhao. Pigeon rats rarely are so big, snarled Zhao, his right hand raised up with fire at the ready. I believe the prisoner is about to be executed while escaping. I will apologize personally to the Fire Lord for the inconvenience. Yue glared up at him and groped for her weapon, not daring to take her eyes off of him. As Zhao unleashed the inferno, Zuko leapt down in front of her, battling the flames away with his swords. You! Me, grunted Zuko, moving to the attack. Yue dove to the side and groped for her weapon. The instant the ivory greeted her fingertips, she darted up, and immediately flattened herself against the wall as Zhao and Zuko fought, fire to sword. Zhao hadn't bothered to put a shirt on for his clandestine meetings, and she smiled at the long, thin cuts that dripped red from Zuko's swords. It was only a matter of time before you came back for revenge, taunted Zhao as he raised a wall of flames between them, forcing Zuko back into close quarters. He flicked his eyes to where Yue stood. Though at last, your decision to turn traitor finally makes sense. Took that betrothal too much to heart, I see. Is this why you refused your chance at my glorious fleet? He leered, and that was enough for Yue to raise her boomerang and Aang, only for the shot to be spoiled when Zuko spun forward, the sweep of his blades banishing the flame wall into nothingness. Get out of my way, she snarled. Let me kill the bastard. He blew up my ship, he shouted back. His sword's now blocked by the Naginta Zhao had snatched from a crossed pair on the wall. Only because you refuse to obey orders, bellowed Zhao. What loyal son of the Fire Nation would reject the chance to destroy her enemies once and for all? Yue took the chance and launched her shot. You're right. I should have killed you when I had the chance. Zuko jumped and brought his sword down for a killing strike, only to turn them into a block when the boomerang intersected his path. It ricocheted off the blades, and Yue was forced to lunge in order to catch it again. But you were a coward then, just as you are now. You couldn't even stomach the idea of killing one man, let alone a city full of them. Believe me, Zuko said harshly. I've learned since then. Zhao sneered and raised his naginta once more. Yue threw her weapon again, hoping the third time was the charm, only to watch as Zhao pitched forward before it even came near him, his eyes rolling up in his head. Her boomerang completed a neat arc in the empty space where he had been and returned to her waiting hand. Behind him, Aang landed on the ground in a crouch, the mate to Zhao's naginta in his hand. Yue had forgotten the avatar was even there. Uh, 
Guys, said Aang, I think we need to go now. Yue blinked. She realized they were standing in a half-destroyed VIP quarters. Somebody must have heard something. Besides her, Zuko cursed as he came to a similar realization. But there were no running footsteps that warned of oncoming trouble. Maybe Zhao's paranoia would serve a good purpose after all. What she needed would only take an extra moment anyway. She dropped beside the prone body of the admiral and grabbed him by the top knot, the better to raise his head and expose his throat. She drew the knife he had sheathed at his belt and calculated the best angle for minimal mess. What? What are you doing? asked Aang. Finishing the job, Yue said as she positioned the blade just so. But he can't fight back! Neither could the moon. Before Yue could break skin, the butt of the Naginta intercepted her knife. Aang looked down at her, disappointment radiating from him. Not like this. She knocked the Naginta aside, but Aang whipped it around and sent the knife clattering to the floor. Don't be like him, he said quietly. We don't have time for this, Zuko said, sheathing his sword. Aang, we have to go. Now. Not unless Yue promises not to kill him. Aang... Yue glared at the boy. Who was he to stop her from taking the vengeance that her people so rightly cried out for? Aang met her eyes calmly. He knew precisely who he was to make such a distinction. She cursed and picked up her knife. Under the avatar's gaze, she turned the blade away and sliced the nearby bedding into ribbons. I swear by the avatar, when Zhao dies, it will be with his eyes open. Even if I have to open them myself, she muttered silently while she made quick work of binding the legs and wrists of the two unconscious men. Great! Now let's go! Zuko yanked her to her feet and pushed Aang towards the warped hole in the wall they'd fallen through. The boiler room can't be far from here, and we're running out of time. Zuko took them on a breakneck pace through the tunnels, all too aware that as soon as Zhao was discovered, so were they. He'd breathe easier, too, if they'd ended Zhao then and there but he recognized Aang's stubbornness from the time-consuming trouble it was. Why did the kid have to have such a conscience? As they neared the hatch outside the boiler room, he pushed such worries from his mind. Bigger problems were about to await them. Zuko pressed his ear against the metal for any sound of activity on the other side. There was definitely someone out there, but it didn't sound like there could be too many. Perhaps three or four workers near the entrance of the boiler room. He could already feel the heat. Zuko looked over his shoulder and gestured for his companions to get ready. Zuko pulled himself back and kicked the hatch open, bursting into the... boiler room? Two men looked up from the long table where they stood, chopping vegetables. Behind them, the head cook stood guard over a pot of rice, using his bending to maintain the temperature. Yuan Aang tumbled out beside him. All the players stood there, frozen for a second. Uh... One of the men at the table hefted his knife. Zuko became very aware of how large a chopping knife it was, and how sharp. The head cook's right hand suddenly cupped a ball of fire. You! he shouted. Me, said Zuko. He could feel Yue's tense grip on his arm. They started edging back towards the maintenance hatch. Great. More people on the ship knew where they were. Who the hell are you? Er. Zuko groped for an answer. Maintenance. Someone reported a leak. The plumber fixed that two days ago. Get out, commanded the cook. He waved the fireball threateningly. I run a clean galley. Do you know how many health codes you're violating? Zuko realized how the three of them looked and smelled. He bowed deeply. Sorry for the confusion. 
he gasped out before running back to the hatch. Aang and Yue had already scrambled back inside and were hightailing it down the corridor as fast as they could crawl. You should be, shouted the head cook just before Zuko jerked the hatch shut. He could hear the man ordering the staff to disinfect everywhere the filthy miscreants had stood. I thought you said that was the boiler room, hissed Yue. I thought it was, he snapped. What the hell happened? That was where the boiler room had been on his ship. It wasn't supposed to change. That's just great, Yui sniped as they hurried to who knows where. Away. Away was good. Now we're even more lost. Listen, if you didn't have me, you'd be dead by now. Zuko tried to peer through the darkness to glare at her. And Aang, for good measure. Aang had gotten him into this mess. Aang had wanted to rescue Yue, and it was Aang that had stopped them from killing Zhao. At least I wouldn't stink like a cesspool. That was your idea, not mine. Zuko struggled to think what could have gone wrong. The answer was there. He just had to find it. Why had they ended up at the galley instead of the boiler room? Where was it before? He cursed. Of course, that was it. They reversed them, he said. Galley and boiler. Does that mean you know where it is now? Asked Aang around a mouthful of something. Zuko narrowed his eyes at his charge. Aang? The kid swallowed. Oh, would you like some? Aang threw something small and round towards Zuko. I snagged some dragon heart fruit before we ran. It's really good. You were thinking of food at a time like this? Your uncle always says breakfast is the most important meal of the day, Aang said earnestly, and I was hungry. Would you like some, Princess Yue? I would love some. How very thoughtful of you, Aang, she said with manners fit for a court society, though there was still a touch of frost in her voice. At least she was starting to appreciate the number of ways the kid could derail a plan. Zuko had had enough of this. Tea party's over, he barked, and we're going that way. He started crawling towards the leftmost tunnel, with the fruit in hand, of course. No reason to waste good food. And is this the right way this time? called the princess from behind him. Why, yes, your highness. He hadn't thought anyone could annoy him quite as much as Aang, but apparently he'd been wrong. At least Aang pretended to listen to him. Well, sometimes. Excuse me, your highness, Yue shot back. I just wanted to be sure. Zuko resisted the urge to bang his head against the wall. Weren't people supposed to be grateful when you rescued them? He crawled forward, ignoring Aang's echoey query for a reassurance. If the kid had wanted to be sure of anything, he shouldn't have dragged him on this mission in the first place. Azula bit into the dragonheart fruit her aide had produced. Red juice dribbled down her chin, which she brushed away delicately. Beside her, said aide rattled off the status of the situation as they proceeded down the corridor. We believe that after exiting the sewage tank, the targets made their way to a starboard maintenance hatch and have dispersed through the ship from there. She turned and raised an expectant eyebrow at the man. He hurried to continue. Of course, my lord. A portion of the troops immediately entered the tunnels in search of the intruders. But given how complex they are, it will be best to prepare at the points they are most likely to emerge. I've sent men to guard what I believe to be key exit points, and the patrols are continuing the search pattern as previously designated as well. Azula nodded and continued marching along. The success that her brother, the rebel princess, and the unknown boy had experienced so far was unpleasant. Her mind whirred as she continued the possible routes the three could take. Was their goal escape or sabotage? She hadn't had a chance yet to fully interrogate that rebel. Was this whole matter part of an elaborate plot against her? The rebels allow their leader to be captured? They send someone with some knowledge to follow after, and then what? 
And why had she heard nothing of her brother's change in loyalties? Azula hadn't thought Zuko would ever stand openly against the Fire Nation. It would soil his precious honor. And Admiral Zhao wishes a word with you, my lord. Azula carefully controlled her expression at the news. Does he now? She flicked the core of the fruit away. The aide neatly caught it. He was proving surprisingly competent, Azula noted. What was his name? Ah, yes. Lieutenant Jiro. Tell the Admiral to meet me in my office, and increase the guards by the engines. If sabotage is their plan, I want to be ready. As you wish, my lord. Jiro bowed and ran off to obey. Azula briskly made her way to her office. It would have been impossible to keep Zhao from knowing about her little problem, but she had hoped to keep him in the dark as long as possible. He might do something like insist on helping, and that would not do. Zhao had his uses. When it came to as delicate a matter as intruders on her own ship, his preference for blunt force would be problematic. The men never used a stiletto when a catapult was on hand. Zuko couldn't believe he had mistaken the galley for the boiler room. Now this was the heat and sounds of a boiler room in action. Even on the other side of the hatch, he could smell the coal and the sweat of the workers. It was a vast improvement over sewage or rotting fish. He motioned to Aang and Yue that this was the right place. Yue shifted, bringing her boomerang to hand. Zuko murmured to Aang to hang back. His spear was long abandoned, and this was the worst place for a novice firebender to let loose. That knocked their attack power down by one, but Zuko hoped to have surprise on their side. He kicked the hatch open and leapt out in one smooth motion, landing in a crouch with his swords crossed. Three men, shirts stripped off, manned the coal shovels, and it was on them that Zuko focused his attention. They turned from their work, swinging their shovels into action. Zuko sprang at the man nearest him when Yue shouted, "'Behind you!' He turned the spring into a roll as a spear hissed by his ear. On either side of the hatch was a full complement of soldiers. Surprise was definitely not on his side. Zuko made a few quick mental calculations as he moved into defense. Five to his left, five to his right, and three in front. Zuko took a moment to pray Yue was the absolute master of the boomerang before he threw himself into battle. Retreat was not an option. He kicked a bucket of coal at the workman in the middle, catching him in the face and sending coal dust flying into the eyes of the man next to him and threw himself at the soldiers. There was one soldier shouting for their surrender, but Zuko ignored him. Either a miracle occurred and they escaped, or he was dying right here, better at the hands of an honest warrior than at his sister's feet. He hoped Aang was happy with the fate he had wrought. Zuko moved his twin blades in unison, weaving in and out of his enemy's spears. The soldiers were armored, granting them protection even when he slipped through the defenses and managed to strike. But as he well knew, the same armor restricted movement and vision, which could be its saving grace in these stifling hot quarters. Out of the corner of his eye, Zuko saw Aang discover the same advantage. The kid had scavenged a thrown spear, snapping off the spearhead, and whirled about the circle of soldiers surrounding him. As they closed in on him, he simply launched himself into the air, using their own bodies to push off against and strike from above. Two men rushed him at once only for him to take off once again so that they instead crashed into each other. Yue's boomerang sliced through the air, and Aang twisted his body mid-flight, allowing the weapon to strike true at the enormous worker looming behind him. The blow of a spear shaft against his ribs reminded Zuko of his immediate problems. He doubled over, winded from the knock, but managed the presence of mind to cross his blades in a block for the following strike. He snapped the swords like scissors, 
slicing the shaft in two before turning to kick the soldier in the chest, sending him reeling. Zuko moved to finish him, only to halt as a blast of fire soared by his head. He flipped to face the new threat, scanning for which soldier left standing had decided to bring firebending into the fight. Any stray flame here could be fatal to everyone. I order you to surrender in the Phoenix King's name, shouted the bender. He'd taken his faceplate off and his eyes were wild. You idiot, shouted the man beside him. You can't firebend here. You'll kill us all. I will not fail the fire lord. I cannot. Fire blazed in the bender's palm. He shouted, drop your weapons. A boomerang arced through the air and struck him on the shoulder. The firebender barely wavered in response. Yue shouted from her cover by the coal bins. We will never surrender. Your king is abomination unto this entire world and should rot in hell for all eternity. Yeah, what she said, called Aang from his perch atop the coal bins. Zuko got very worried at the intensely earnest expression on Aang's face. He knew that look. Aang was about to. But it doesn't have to be this way, Aang pleaded. This whole war is wrong, and if you would just listen to me, I will not betray my king. The bender whipped his arms around and thrust his hand forward. Fire bloomed from his palm and headed towards Aang. The kid jumped away, but the sheer force of the man's anger sent the fireball careening into the bin behind him, hurling it into the abandoned furnace as the flames blew out of the control bank. The pressure gauges went haywire, and an alarm whistle went off, followed by another, and another. Everyone froze for a second, and then started running. Zuko was halfway down the main access corridor, dragging Aang by the wrist behind him. Just ahead, Yue was already elbowing soldiers out of the way when he heard the first explosion. There was a rush of heat, and then everything went black.